This podcast is brought to you by Enrollment Resources, Innovations in Enrollment Management. Learn more at enrollmentresources.com. Okay, folks, so uh, welcome. We're, let's get going. And uh, this is the Enrollment Resources Live Extreme Makeover of Google AdWords Campaign. Um, I'd like to introduce my partner, Shane, and then Shane is going to introduce uh, two of his key folks that he works with, um, Tammy and Sterling. So my partner, Shane, is he's maybe one of the smartest guys I know. You know, he plays a bunch of different musical instruments, and, you know, he's a very bright, incisive mind. He's the architect behind our virtual admissions advisor software that we've just launched. And uh, he has a keen insight for um, process improvement and split testing, among other things. So uh, that's my partner, Shane. So, Shane, over to you there, my friend. Thanks, Greg. You're always so nice with your intros. Well, I try. And, and, and of course, Greg, it's fantastic and awesome. But So how... This is an exciting webinar for me because we've never really done one like this before, so it's a new idea. I'm responsible for the delivery of our services, which just means that I'm I'm lucky enough to have some fantastic staff that do amazing work for our clients. So the two people on the call today are, are Tammy Miles, who's our senior, we call her conversion leader, but she's really an AdWords expert and a conversion expert. And Tammy's fundamental job is to help clients generate as many of their own leads as humanly possible through their own efforts so they can reduce their reliance on third-party lead vendors. So that's Tammy's role. Tammy's been with us, like, gosh, Tammy, eight years, I think, a long time. Getting up there, yeah. Getting up there. And Sterling is also her counterpart. So Sterling is also a conversion leader in our office and an amazing analytical AdWords mind. And so today we're gonna we've let Tammy and Sterling loose on a uh, on an AdWords campaign that uh, a client was kind enough to let us use to sort of show some of the common problems and pitfalls. My job today is to try to translate uh, Google Talk into language that everyone can understand. So, I, I have, and that's it. So, Tammy, why don't we get going? What, where do we start? How do you make sense of this stuff? Yeah, um, I think what I'll probably do is um, we do reviews of clients' accounts, and so I'm just going to go sort of top level down. Essentially, we'll start at a campaign level, and then get down right to the ads and the landing pages, and sort of. Reason being for each of those steps is each of those elements have little settings or little nuances that can affect the performance of an account. Mm -hmm. So we're focusing on phlebotomy for this particular account because um, we've done some optimizations on that front. And so I'll just jump right in. So we're going right. to open up the, open up the campaign. And now, Greg, do I have controls to navigate? Uh, yes, Tammy, I believe you do here. Look, there we go. There you go. Excellent. Thank you. So what we're looking at is the AdWords interface, right? So this, this is what manages all the various elements of this that are going to... Yeah, and these, uh, the fast response, you know, thank you very much for allowing us into your account. But they've, they've done a pretty good job at organizing the campaigns so um, typically, you know, accounts can be organized a variety of different ways, but what they've done is they've organized each campaign by program offering, which is great. So it gives them lots of great insights at the top level. Um, so going into this campaign view, you'll actually see a number of what's called ad groups. Um, and these are just where all your keywords are organized and housed, and then the ads are triggered off of the keyword organization. Um, but in terms of what's live, we've got this San Francisco, Oakland uh, campaign in here. So we're going to open up. Actually, I'm just going to jump back. So this is the campaign level. So the, one of the key things that I look for if I'm doing a review of the account is just to make sure that the little the settings in AdWords are set up sort of for the best response. 
One of the key areas that we look for is the networks and just making sure Google offers two main, you know, the search network, which is where your keywords are triggered off of a Google search, and display. Sometimes you have accounts where they're running both, um, and we always recommend to segment those two out. So they've done a great job of doing that here. Um, and and, sorry, let me jump in on that just to clarify. So the yeah. search network is when somebody, say, types in phlebotomy program or phlebotomy something, and then that shows up at either the top or on the side. That's those little ads are going to show up. And the content network is what? The display network, uh, content network is where the ads appear on websites for those um, web publishers who are opted into the Google AdSense program. So they've allowed Google ads to appear on their web properties. Got it. And so the the and so our recommendation is that you run those as two separate campaign groups. That you've got a search group, like a a campaign that's specifically for search, and a campaign that's specifically for the content or the display network. That's that right? right. Yeah. So I have a question. Why why is that, you guys? Um, well, the networks are very different. So. In my experience, and I, you know, I think Sterling would agree that typically intent in search is much higher. Obviously, you've got you're putting ads in front of people who are actually searching for what you're offering. Whereas display, you're you're going to be showing alongside content potentially that people are, you know, maybe they're reviewing or doing some career research or looking for jobs. It's not quite as focused. So. When we're optimizing an account, we want to make sure that we understand how each of those um, networks are converting, essentially, and, and being able to optimize. If we have it grouped, oh. and so so Shane, so really, what this is is this is a like the, we we speak about the, the fundamentals of marketing. There is the interruption advertising, and then the search advertising. As a as a backdrop, do you care to just explain that to the folks? Sure. So, and that's a good insight. So, um, interruption advertising would be like historically display ads in the newspaper, and now the the content network would be a version of that. Where you're trying to interrupt somebody's thought process, you interrupt them to pay attention to you. They're not actively seeking it. You're trying to grab their attention. It's so, paid, paid search on Facebook would be interruption advertising too. Yes, that's right. And the search network is somebody has actually typed in some. They're looking for you. They don't know it necessarily, but they're specifically looking. And so there's differences in language and in intent, different copy or approach to to target those people because they're in a different headspace. Interesting. Okay. So yeah. tell me, what are the other some of the other campaign settings that are important? Yeah, so I'm just going to scroll down here a little bit. So, you know, targeting is important. Make sure you're focused on the locations um, that you offer that program in. Um, there's a couple of little hidden features that aren't often people might not be aware of, and they're sort of down in the, if I can get, in the ad delivery. So this one was... Uh, changed recently, which is great. So originally when you were looking at this account, it was set, um, I seem to have troubles with my mouse here. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Thanks, Greg. I'm just going to open this up. Oh, hold on. There we go. Go ahead. The ad rotation... Um, you have a number of options. Google will default this to optimize for clicks, and it's not open. It's you know, if, so if you're launching a new campaign, that's automatically where it will go. And if you don't open this up to adjust that, that your ads will be delivered just based on you know the highest response rates, which isn't always the best ad. So we try to, as a best practice, make sure that we're rotate, rotating indefinitely because we always want to be testing the ads, at least two ads at a time to understand which one's performing best. Sometimes accounts will optimize for conversion, and the same principle applies. Essentially, it sounds great. Okay, we're going to optimize for the ads that perform the best conversion rate-wise. But when we want to go in and test an ad, what will happen is Google will give preference to the ad with the most history. And even though we have two or three ads split testing, they may only get 
5% of the traffic, which isn't going to give you much feedback on that ad. So, so it's Tammy and Shane, it seems to me there's just in that one, two, or three sentences alone, there are a lot of implications for businesses that are having to run their marketing campaign. Like, that's yeah, pretty it can l- have a huge impact. If you, I've recently reviewed an account uh, yesterday where they had it optimized for conversions, and the ads that they were testing only had 3% of the traffic, but the conversion rate was triple what was currently being favored on the other ad, which is really interesting. So, you know, that's where it's important, you know, if you are split testing ads to make sure that, you know, the traffic is balanced between the two as much as possible. Shane, it's got huge implications, doesn't it? Well, it does because what the, the, the thing that, makes AdWords such an amazing platform is the ability to, to measure things at a very precise granular level. That's been really the major improvement internet marketing has provided over traditional direct response. And so in split testing, if for anyone who doesn't know, split testing just means half the time you send traffic to one ad, half the time you send it to the other ad, and then you see which one does better. And if you are allowing the machine, in this case the Google AdWords interface, to make those decisions for you, you're hurting yourself because it's, it's going to make machine decisions. It's not going to necessarily make the decisions that are best for the business and the end result. Yeah. Cool. Great. So that's, yeah, that's, those are the main points for the campaign level settings that um, I just wanted to point out. I'm going to go back up now to our ad group get into some specifics. Ooh, look at that graph. Yes. Yeah, so I'll explain that too. So we've got two metrics that we, you know, we monitor as clicks and we want this actually to be conversions, not conversion rate. And so this will tell us, you know, how many clicks to conversions, and we kind of want to see them run relatively parallel as much as possible. Of course, there's going to be variances. Um, what was interesting in this account, which is a common um, issue for many accounts that we review, is uh, the conversions are tracked by a cookie that's placed generally on the page that confirms you know, they've inquired for information. So they fill out a form, they hit the thank you page. The thank you page has a special conversion tracking, which feeds back into the account. What happens sometimes with, um, you know, there might be some technical challenges around implementing that. Um, in this instance, I know that uh, they had it put on the contact us page, so the conversion data that's being fed back isn't necessarily lead generation data. It's just intel into how many people actually went to the contact page. Some people have even just not really knowing, put it on their landing page, and then you've got, you know, 90% conversion rate, which isn't accurate data. So it's important, you know, from the onset as much as possible, if you can simplify your form, you know, to just go request your information, it goes to a thank you page, and that that's kind of your standard. And then the data that's tracked is, in my experience, most of the time pretty accurate. And then that will give you um, some accurate reflections on how your account's doing. In this instance, it's a bit more of a challenge because if your conversion data you know, isn't true to generating leads, it has implications on um, optimizing your account because you're not, you, you don't have a clear view of what's going on. And I'll just show you what that is in just one sec. Okay. So I'm going to jump in and just make sure that everyone understands that point. If, if you're a, I don't know, a, a, a leader marketing manager who's ultimately accountable for tracking performance and not necessarily running the campaign, the implications for that is is you can be getting bad information inadvertently, and it's just it's one of those things that uh, technically gets set up early on in the campaign, and if it's not, um, and can be easily forgotten about or not noticed, and so you're humming along thinking, oh, we're getting all these great leads, when in fact you're not, because it's, the Google machine is tracking the wrong thing. Sterling, I'd like to hear from you for a second on this issue. In in your experience in reviewing campaigns, is this a common problem? Uh, yes, it can be, especially if uh, the 
form refreshes a page, instead of sending you to a specific thank you page, often they'll just refresh that page and have a little message saying thank you for your submission or something along those lines. In that case, then it's more difficult to actually set up the conversion tracking because you're not leaving that page to go to another page. So that's why it's great to actually have a actual, uh, thank you page render where you're sending it to a different URL and that way you could have the tracking be more certain. Got it. Okay, great. So if you're not current, like if your system currently isn't that somebody fills out a form, they click the button, and then a new page comes up saying thank you, that that's a potential um, tracking problem that's going to make it really difficult for you to know where if you're spending your money prudently. Yes. Great. Um, yeah, so I guess sort of feeding back into that, you can see um, sort of statistics that get fed. So you're making the assumption that these conversion rates, you know, are actually leading back to leads being generated. So if I was to go into this account and not really understand where the conversion tracking lies, um, I would be optimizing the account without really any specific data to sort of the end result that we're looking for. Okay, and so Tammy, just to clarify, in this campaign we're looking at, the mm -hmm. phlebotomy certification group and the 12.4% the, uh, conversion rate, that's in fact not accurate because it's not tracking leads correctly. That's right. Got it. What should uh, guys, what is, rate be? What's the implication of that? I mean, like, like in terms of financial stuff, Shane? Well, it means we spent six hundred and fifty-six bucks and six cents, and we have no idea what it did for us. Really? That's yeah. That's crazy. Well, or it's actually worse because we actually spent three thousand seven hundred seventy-one dollars and thirty-eight cents in that total for all ad groups, mm -hmm. and this this is saying, hey, we generated three hundred forty leads, and they cost us just under eleven bucks each. Great. If I'm a marketing manager and I looked at for an owner, I'd say, awesome, this thing's kicking butt. Great. Where are my enrollments? Oh, so it's a so it's like you can't manage what you can't measure. You have to make sure that accurate that information's accurate. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. Okay. And if you're in another car, I just from a you know, like, Greg, you and I end up talking to the owners and the leaders generally who have an inkling of there's some problem, but they're not quite sure why. What happens is that you're getting fed bad information, and something is saying, well, gosh, it doesn't seem right, and trying to understand it, and the person running the campaign is trying to understand it, and everyone feels confused because they don't really know what's going on. And on the surface, it looks like everything's working, but it's not. And so going back to the, it's, it's a, a checking your work kind of issue. Going back and just really understanding each step and, okay, do we have the right techno code in the right spot is key to managing any campaign because, like, Google can suck a lot of money out of you very quickly. When you say a lot, expand on that. Well, if, if, a Google campaign runs unchecked, it can cost thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. We've had clients burn through thirty or forty thousand dollars in a month because they set it up poorly. Oh my gosh. Really? Yeah. Are we still connected to the webinar? Yes. Hello, Tom. This is uh folks Tom Peck, who is uh uh the president of uh of um, uh, fast, fast response. response. Hi, Tom. Well, let's continue on. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, Tammy, what else do we look at at the um, at this level? Yeah. So now, getting into the ad group, this is um, will where you will house all the keywords that are relative to what you're advertising. And these guys have done a you know, pretty good job about organizing their keywords. You know, they've got things pretty tightly knit around phlebotomy, which is great. That's kind of a key area that we look for because um, sometimes you'll get a variety of different programs under one particular ad group, which can cause problems because we want 
to be able to tailor those ads specific to the keywords that are in the ad group. That's kind of how the structure of Google works. Um, so if we're looking at the health of an ad group, the first place I look at is um, click-through rates. So that's this little CTR. This is a measurement where you know this is how many times the ads were displayed, and this is how many times the ads were clicked. This uh, percentage measurement is how Google measures relevance, and basically it dictates two things. One, it will dictate how much you're charged per click, but it will also dictate where your ad is displayed. So the higher your you know, click-through rate is, sort of the less you pay and the better position you get. And typically, you know, I think Google likes anything 1% or better. In the industry, I think probably overall average, if you can get your ads to 2-3%, that's a nice healthy account. So I think these guys are doing a pretty good job of that, which is great to see. So a click-through rate simply means if somebody clicks on that little ad that you're about to show people here um, that goes up on that right-hand side uh, then uh, and they go to the landing page of the website, that's called a click-through. Is that correct? I, it's where against how many times your ad is shown in a Google search to how many times it's clicked is where the click-through rate measurement comes from. Okay. Got but it. it's not, it isn't anything to do with actually, well, I guess, yeah, it's how many times people see your landing page essentially too if you're looking at it from that point of view. Okay, cool. Great. Yeah. And so for, for, for the people on the call, uh, uh, 1 to 3% is healthy. Anything over 3% is good? Fantastic. Really good? Is that, is that about yeah. right? And then anything under 1% is, is an indication that there's some opportunity for optimization or improvement. But we Great. should also make a note too, that the display network will have a lot lower click-through rates than the search network yeah. just because there's intent behind the search network. So the, the 1 to 3 percent, would you say that's more for a search network? Oh, overall? yeah, entirely search yeah. for sure. Yeah, thanks for clarifying. Yeah, display. Now, now one, one thing, Tammy, we have a question. Um, yeah. We have a question from Glover. Um, and here's the question. It's an interesting one. Uh, bear with me. Here we go. Um, so I noticed that you have a bidding set at maximum cost per click. Why not maximum CPA? Um, CPA is for the display network, cost per acquisition. So that's more like you're paying on um, per thousand impressions versus oh CPA. Sorry, no, that's um, that's on conversion optimizer, yeah, isn't it? Not optimizer. yeah. Um, I <laughs> I. Personally, I've seen Conversion Optimizer do well in some accounts and not so well in some accounts. It's not one of those um, guaranteed great settings that Google has, but you know, for accounts where people can't be in there managing it on a regular basis, I guess it's a good sort of backup for autopilot. We don't run on autopilot personally, uh, just because we like to be testing and running things as much as possible. CPA, you tend to, what I found is it's less, it's not as um, easy to do testing for your ads, and typically you have to bid a lot higher on your CPA. So you don't have a lot of control at the keyword level if you know you want to bid down a little bit for a particular keyword and up a little bit for another one. Uh, the CPA is more of a blanket approach in that respect. Would you agree, Sterling? Yeah, I'd say CPA, um, if you are more novice, it might be something that you use because you don't have a full understanding of all the intricacies within the account. But if you have, if you're more experienced, like we are, we never use CPA because we feel we can manage it better than that. Than Google. Yeah. Essentially. <laughs> so I'm sorry, that, that was uh, from Mike Glover, not Glover. So, sorry, Mike, sorry for mispronouncing your name. <laughs> and then, guys, can you expand for me on <clears throat> keyword groupings? So, or at the ad group level, you'd, you'd made mention that you want to keep things pretty tight. I don't know what that means. Sure. So, as an example, let's say this, you know, a poor ad word grouping would be they'd have phlebotomy training. They might have if they offer EKG courses or if they offer you know, a variety of different programs, they would group it all under one. They might have a mix of really broad keywords like colleges or schools. And the problem with that is basically Google delivers ads based on how you group your keywords and that gives Google the uh, indicator, okay, this is 
the theme for this ad. So if you've got a bunch of different themes running in an ad group, then it's you're not able to tailor that ad specifically to that product. So if, you know, phlebotomy program is the program that's offered. We only want to show ads about the phlebotomy program, so that's a relevance factor. Got Make it. Sense? And so the, you want the, the, the keywords to have the word phlebotomy in it. Like I see there's a bunch of variations on phlebotomy in this example. And you want the ads to say the word phlebotomy because that connects to the keywords. And exactly. what and what happens is if those things don't connect, like let's say you had EKG, which is kind of related but different, mm-hmm. if I'm a person that searches phlebotomy program and I see EKG come up, there's a disconnect and I'm not as likely to click on the ad, which means yeah. my click-through rate is lower, which means Google is going to view this as an inferior campaign and make it more expensive and uh, make it harder for me and have lower... Um, I'll get lower results. Is that right? Exactly. Yeah, so, guys, along those lines, we have a question from Jack Wells. Um, and and he, his question is about quality score as it relates to price. And um, are, are there simple ways to improve the quality score, given what we're looking at right now? Yeah, we were going to actually show sort of the you know extreme makeover version of this ad group. Um, typically, you know, when you're starting a new ad group and you've got, you've, there's a bunch of mixes of keywords that have, you know, they're related, but we can actually hive them off and get them even more focused on, you know, as an example, you know, an ad group strictly around certification. That would be its own ad group. And if those keywords in there are all around certification and the ads are all around certification and the landing page speaks to the certification, you're likely to get a much higher quality score because it's, you know, relevance is from, you know, the search to the experience for the the user on the landing page. And, yeah, and so ultimately it's, um, you know, should cost you less and you get a higher placement. Your ad rank goes up because quality. So are we going to look at the, the, the other version of this now or? We can do, sure. So let's go back to the campaign here. So Sterling went in and did some optimization. So he created a phlebotomy certification ad group. And, yeah, so there's a sets of keywords that he has under that particular ad group. Now, the quality score here won't, you know, until you actually get it up and running, you'll see the adjustments accordingly. But Yeah, so this was done for the sake of the webinar. Yeah, yeah. And give the guys the option to run this against um, their existing one. And then, of course, the ads speak to the certification as well. There's a connection that way. And so this really comes back to the uh, the tenant of marketing, a core tenant of marketing, is that you want to be as specific as possible to the person that you're marketing to. Yes. So along yeah. those lines, along those lines, there's um, Tom Tafoya asked a question about geotargeting, and then also Google have demographic filtering features. Um, so Shane, where would that come into play? Do you think? Uh, geotarget- well, geotargeting is what is the amount of what's the area the area around the campus that we want ads to show up on, and you know I think typically it's about thirty miles. The, the schools, uh, yeah, it's about right. and it's really how you know how far is somebody reasonably willing to travel to come to school, and at what point or is it too far and they're not and they're going to disqualify us out because it's just geographically too far. Interesting. But you can also create campaigns around geographic targets, too. So you can have a, com- a campaign specifically around uh, a city or certain area within your uh, geographic target, and you could craft the ads around that uh, geographic area, too. And Or you could have a geographic campaign targeting maybe people out of the area because you want to test um, see how many people would be come from a distance. So you could use geographic targeting for multiple different things. Yeah, and there's a. Okay. Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to mention that there are, if you have, as an example for phlebotomy, if you've got multiple locations under one campaign, they have the option to sort of bid up and down for each of those re- regions as well. Oh. Yeah. 
Okay. So um, uh, keeping an eye on the time here, so what's next here, you guys? I think the ads would be our next step. Now, this is, I'm curious to see what Shane's uh, perspective is on this because Shane is, uh, I think, world-class in the area of split-testing ads and copy. And So let's see what you guys have to say about this. Yeah, I'm just going to change the date range to the last seven days. Just the reason being we are um, working with Brian, who's their person running their ad account, uh, set up duplicate ads and because we'll be showing their landing page against the one that we had created for them just as a split test. But just okay. wanted to touch quickly on another thing that you know some people are aware, some people might not be aware, is when you create an ad, um, typically it defaults to for all devices. Now since um, as of July, probably a lot of people are aware, Google you know, automatically folds in mobile. You used to be able to exclude it. You can exclude it if you, you know, decrease your CPC percentage to 100%. That's one way of getting rid of it. But, you know, the trend is a lot of people are on their smartphones and more and more of our, you know, prospects are using smartphones over desktops. So it's important to be present. But you can craft um, ads specific for mobile within an ad group so that you can see between the two devices. The, the one top level will be desktops and tablets, which are always combined. And then the second ad, which you would just duplicate for mobile. And then you could see the difference in conversion rate amongst those. So you can optimize each device individually, which is important. Fascinating. Shane, what are your, what, what's your sense on, uh, like, this whole t testing these little ads thing seems, like, off the charts, like, valuable, you know? Well, it is. It's hugely valuable because it, it has application in other parts of your marketing as well, right? Oh, like, so if how we, so? Well, if we can find a little ad, like these are basically little classified ads is all they are. Uh -huh. And if we can find some ad copy, like the, 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 the hook that captures a higher percentage of clicks, we can then take that and expand on it and all the other parts of our marketing, if we land on oh. a strong headline, we can use that in print ads or classified ads in traditional media. could use it in, uh, t you know, copy points in TV we might run. We could use it on our website. Uh, we could also change the language on our landing pages that will increase, ultimately increase conversion rate and generate more leads for less money. That's amazing. Yeah, hugely valuable. Uh, Tammy and Sterling, I've got a question. Do you find that that the, the d different copy works depending on whether it's a tablet and mobile or mobile versus a desktop computer? Um, they do convert differently, um, and we're just getting into that. I mean, there's yeah, I think it's important to be testing a variety of ads for both devices, just because for whatever reason, you know, mobile will convert a lot differently. Than desktop, I'm I'm not 100% sure why. <laughs> um, but uh, interestingly, though, I've I've seen that mobile usually converts a lot higher than desktop. So it's some I know people might be hesitant about you know going into mobile a bit too much, but I think it's really important to be present there because it seems to be doing quite well. And in this instance, they you know they're pointing traffic to just the, the main website, and it's still showing you know, some responses, although this, the data here isn't 100%. Um, yeah, does that answer your question? Yeah, uh, sort of. I think the of. real answer is we don't, we don't totally know yet, or it's a yeah. thing we're working on. That's now, Randy, uh, Randy Siebold is on the call, you guys, and, and he had a question. Randy, uh, if, if you want to press um, star six and chime in with your question, um, then, uh, you know, just feel free to do so. Um, so, Shane, what you're saying there is that we don't know. That's really um, an interesting comment because aren't marketing companies supposed to know everything about everything? <laughs> well, you, yeah, you, you, you'd think. No, uh, mar marketing companies, I think, fundamentally, you know, we've, like, just speaking for our company, 
we know a lot of stuff that works because it's been tested in the past, and we know the questions we have going forward that we want to seek answers for. But marketing ultimately is about how do we, in a prudent, how do we, in a measurable, provable way, get to what's true, right? And so, what has happened in AdWords is Google changed its system a little bit which has in some ways created more complications, but also allowed us to pursue different questions better. One of the questions, like the, the fact that currently exists, as Tammy identified, is we're seeing more response out of mobile, which begs the question, why? And so right now, our, in our company, we're trying to get answers to that. Why do you get a better response in mobile? And, and once we learn that, that will inform decisions going forward. Does that make sense? Yeah, makes total sense. You, you like, in other think... words, rather than trying to be a superstar and lying to people, it's better to just say, we don't know, but we ha- have a testing protocol and we can pursue the truth. Is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah. Oh, that seems fair. Okay. Well, let's move onward here, you guys. Um, what's next for us, Tammy? Um, I think uh, looking at the landing pages would be good. I think, let's just see, we've got, I'll let them load up here. Um, Just a sec. I just wanted to have the two side by side. Just a sec here. Okay. So can can you explain what a landing page is and why we use them? Yeah, well, landing page uh, in terms of our best practice? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so a landing page that we create is fashioned around um, the program. So in this case, it would be phlebotomy, and it's from copy to all the elements on the page, it's strictly focused on the search that people are looking for, getting more information about. So if we show... So I'll I'll paraphrase that. So a a landing page is a specific page that ties into the ad, like the the, the initial keyword somebody typed in, the ad that they clicked on, and that goes to a landing page that ties in very specifically with the, what was promised in the in the keywords in the ad, and the reason that we would use a landing page over, say, directing a click just to a page on somebody's website is why. Uh, conversion, essentially. So it it's, just it, it makes more. Well, money. and focus. You know, if you send it to a website, the website's got navigation to other programs. You know, depending on the site, there might be a lot of navigation or a lot of distraction. And I think distraction is probably the biggest. Thing here because we want to really focus them on the program that's offered and what they'll get from the search and intent that they were looking for to begin with. Mm-hmm. And we just know from past experiences that landing pages that are highly focused that way just convert better. Great. And, and, and also, landing pages also allow us more granular testing, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. So a landing so a takeaway from this talk is like sometimes we, when we're building out a new campaign, we get pushback. People saying, uh, "Hey, I don't want it to go to a landing page. I would rather just go to our website." And the reason for that practice is that it's it's going to allow us to more tightly target things, which is ultimately going to create more leads and reduce our cost per lead. So we're not spending a fortune to get somebody to fill out a form. Is that fair? Quality score improvements too. So if the landing page is closely related to the ads as well as a tight uh, ad group, you'll have a better, higher quality score because there will be more relevance across the board. Ah, great insight, Sterling. Thank you. So that's also going to affect quality score. Quality score is, is the kind of a measurement that Google gives you that determines how much and how often your ads are going to show up. And we're going to have to pay for a click. Gotcha. Okay. Fascinating. Now, uh, apologies uh, to anybody who has issues with blood, you know. <laughs> I just realized. <laughs> but let's keep...
keep going here. Oh, one quick question. Um, uh, Bob. Uh, Bob had said that uh, on their site, uh, mobile converts at about 1.5% greater, uh, but they're only getting about 11% of their total volume um, from mobile. Um, is this an appropriate time to speak to that, or should we push that question a little farther down? No, that's a great, a great question. Tammy, yeah. well, how do they get more mobile traffic? <laughs> well, I, I don't know about getting more mobile. I mean, you could increase your bid on that particular device. That's an option that you have within the ad group. That's one way. Um, and it, it depends on the industry. I think I, I would agree to, you know, the 20%, 15 to 20% of overall traffic. Um, it still seems to be the trend in terms of mobile. But we, we do have some industries where it's as high as 30 or 40%. So it really depends. But, yeah, if you want more mobile traffic, you know it's converting a lot better. I would suggest increasing the bid for sure. Sterling, what about you? Any ideas? Well, going, the thing about mobile is that right now it's, uh, the percentage of traffic it is, is is significant, but it's going to become more significant as time keeps moving forward. So within the next year, you'll probably see another jump of like 20 to 50% more mobile traffic than there is now, and it's going to continue to happen going forward. So um, I feel that mobile is something that we, if you get on board early and start learning as much as you can now, it will be very valuable in the future because it's going to be, It'll probably eventually be more than desktop traffic within the next three to five years. So it might just be a matter of time. Hmm. Yeah. Okay, huh. great. Okay. So, folks, we I think we have a few minutes left here. So um, did you want to show the other landing page, you guys? Or? Sure. This is the current one that's running. Okay. And this is on their main website. Okay. okay. So traffic's currently being delivered to the website. <coughs> and what did we create? What, what, how is this different than what we would normally do? Um, first, first thing was to have the form present on the page so that it's clear how they get information. That would be certainly the, the top. And then content, definitely the, the other factor. So tell me, is the what we're sh we're looking at right now? Is this the one that Shane is alluding to, or is this the previous one? Uh, this is the one I think he's alluding to. The other one that we were looking at was the one that we created for the yeah, webinar. Let's bring that one up. Okay. So let's do a little overview here um, on what's good about this. Yeah, this you know this looks less exciting than the other one. This kind of looks boring, doesn't it? Does doesn't it, Shane? Yeah, the other one had lots of things jumping around at you. Tammy, why does this or Sterling? Why does this convert better? Do you think? Um, I would. It's the focus and the less distraction would be my response. And the way the copy is organized. I mean. So, you know, you'd connect with them with the headline and the subheadline, and then when you get into the copy, each each copy point sort of addresses maybe the thoughts that might be in the prospect's mind, maybe questions or, you know, any anxiety they might have is addressed in the content. Now, you know and something, you get, um, Tammy, is I think Katie, Katie Ellen, are you on the call right now? Oh, I thought we had Katie on the call. Shane, sorry, I'm sorry to interrupt there, Tammy. Hey, can um, you hear me, guys? Oh, oh hey, there she is. Yeah, so um, Hi, Shane, Katie. she and I invited Katie on the on the uh, on the call, thinking there may be some insights around copywriting. Excellent, great, Katie Ellen. Uh, folks, Katie Ellen is uh, our copywriter and uh, was our very first employee, and is an exceptionally bright, um, excellent writer, wonderful person. So, Katie, hmm. why does this page perform better in your estimation? Well, most of the things uh, that I've learned in copywriting working on landing pages has been in, in, uh, in conjunction with Tammy and Sterling. They're just running tests. A lot of the things about copy, some of them aren't even that intuitive. Uh, so, for instance, up on the headline there, um, certain, just certain oh. word choices that we know, things like um, the word get, for example. We ran a lot of tests, and uh, it wasn't... Uh, 
headlines with, that start with get weren't even, um, you know, what I placed my money on, but that's, uh, I got served. <laughs> if you guessing we learned that, yeah, and, um, you know, these, uh, what we're looking at here is a tight, concise headline. It really speaks to the motivation of uh, the person visiting your site, and I think also what's clear about this site is exactly where you are, you know, we've got here we're at Fast Response School of Healthcare Education, and what you can do on this page right away. Yeah. Interesting. Shane, what are your thoughts on this? Well, yeah, I'm setting you guys up a bit. Yeah, we found copy has the greatest influence on conversion. And clear, uh, concise. What's interesting is that this format really stems from the 1950s. This was an advertising format that was pioneered and advocated for by David Ogilvy. Ogilvy and Mather was a famous advertising agency. They did a, a, a number of tests in the 50s on response and readership, and they found that basically an editorial-style layout, like you would see in a newspaper or a magazine, was the best format for an ad. And so we extrapolated that out into landing pages, and in the you know, probably hundreds of tests we've done over the last 10 years, it's proven out. So the, form, the format, simple, headline, subheadline, and we've, we've refined it to a headline with, you know, um, the program name and the word skills and the word get works great. A subheadline that explains in more detail what it is or, or highlights a specific benefit. So in this case, uh, you could start quickly in as little as two weeks. A photo, so some kind of image that, that gives you context to what the career is. And then body copy that uh, is written in a convers- conversational style that speaks to, you know, the, kind of answers the core questions people have. What is it? What do I need to do to be one? What, and then some of the selling features of the school with subheads in the body copy that break it up. One of the objections we've gotten I don't know, so many times I've lost count, is that, oh, there's too much words, there's too much copy here. People won't read that much. But what we found in many, many tests where we've tested long copy against short copy is that virtually every time longer performs better, as long as it's interesting and well-written and speaks to the questions and the, the concerns that a prospective student has. And then, Shane, I also noticed over here, but that there's some some good third party uh, accreditation or kind of like peer peer review that gives the whole thing a sense of credibility. Well, that's exactly right, Greg. You can you can break down like we we call it the three C's of conversion: copy, credibility, and credibility means. Uh, things that prove that you are, in fact, are going to do what you say. So that could be uh, logos or, or affiliations with um, professional organizations. Testimonials, Shane. Testimonials, absolutely. Those are credibility devices. If you scroll up for a sec, uh, the privacy policy, having a little privacy policy, that's credibility because it means that you've, you've, you've thought that part through. And Interesting. Then, uh, and then the third one is call to action, and call to action is just means what are you asking this person to do? So in this case, we've got a, a form here, this the I want answers form. This approach to getting people to fill out a form we found to be very effective, and. Uh, for a number of reasons, I don't want to go into because some of it's proprietary. But this has been uh, the form in and of itself has provided improvements on conversion rate just because it m- more accurately addresses the kind of questions, fears, frustrations that a prospect has when they land on this page. Now, also, Shane, there's a call to action again right at the bottom here, isn't there? I'm sorry, say that again. I'm sorry. Uh, there's also a call to action right at the bottom here as well, isn't there? 
Yeah, there is. So if somebody reads through to the bottom, we're just going to remind them to go back to the top. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Now, just as an aside note, one, one, at one point, one thing we had tested is having a second form on the page because we reasoned that hey, if somebody reads a bunch of this stuff and they get to the bottom, let's make it easier for them to fill out the form. What we found was that having the second form actually hurt conversion rate, and we reasoned that it was because it undermined the credibility. It seemed too pitchy, right? Interesting. Yeah, and now, along, the, along those lines, um, Mo Kamal has asked an interesting question, and that is, is it advisable to use a different landing page uh, for mobile users? Tammy? Um, yeah, I think if you... I think the main question to note is whether your landing page is responsive design or not. So if it's not responsive design, then absolutely you would want a specific mobile landing page. If this landing page is responsive, which it is, so what happens is it will narrow down on a device into the proper format, then you should be fine. But you could test that as well. It's certainly something to look at as mobile-specific against a responsive design even. So just if anybody doesn't know what responsive means, responsive means that the, the, the physical layout of the page changes based on the width of the page. So um, I don't know if we can show this as an example. Maybe, Greg, can you try to squish this together a bit, see if that will work? Yeah, you sure. Can. Uh, shrink, the, shrink the window, just um, pull the window closer. Here, Shane, I'm going to pop you over the, the controls. Sure. So it... it, it We'll try to do it. I may not be able to give you the example, but um, uh, I don't know if I can. I don't think it's going to work. Anyway, the uh, the layout changes based on the device that's being used. So if you've got a responsive design, then you don't need a mobile-specific page. That's okay, cool. Well, you know, I think that's a pretty good overview, everybody, um, about um, paid search as it relates. There's so much more to go and, uh, uh, and and get into. This is like layers upon layers upon layers. It's like it's like the the old phrase, "Why is a bottomless pit?" You know. Um, I, I, I guess what I wanted to do is ask for um, uh, last uh, words from Tammy and Shane, and then we have a free offer for people on the call. So, uh, Tammy, any final words here? Um, I think we've covered the bases for the most part. I just think, um, yeah, the big thing here is just making sure that you've got, you know, your conversion tracking in place and that you're testing. You know, test your ads and, you know, test your landing pages and making sure they're relevant and that will get you on the right track. Okay. And, uh, Shane, we had a question from Dan Topkis asking about, um, what does our company charge to take over an AdWords account? Uh, <laughs> depends. Uh, we, we work on a performance basis, and so we don't um, – how we operate our company is a bit different than how most others do. We would really want to know whether we can legitimately improve – Prove things for you or not. So the the first step to answering that would be to do a proper review. We don't take clients on that we can't legitimately add value, and so that, yeah, you know, that's a not answer answer to that question. So you know that's a perfect segue because um, I know we talked at length about what we could do for people on the call here. Um, so folks, here's the offer. The folks from Fast Response have been really outstanding and very cooperative, and thanks to Brian and Tom for kind of opening the kimono, so to speak, in their business. They have a fantastic school, and if you're ever in the San Francisco area, you've got to go look them up and take them for coffee. These guys are great. Um, what we would like to offer for the first five people that uh, want to um, have the same experience you just simply go and uh, text uh, our our number here, and uh, and the first five people that text in, we will organize and arrange to do a paid search review of your campaign, much the same way we've done with this one. So, and we'll do that for free uh, for the first five folks that are interested in doing this. So, the number is if you want to <laughs> type this out or get a 
uh, or type it into your phone, and uh, the number is 250-888-7111. That's 250-888-7111, And first five guys that text in with the request, what Paul Bertarelli will do is organize an hour of go-to-meeting time, and we'll go through your campaign and, and give you some insights on how to improve things. Uh, Shane, any final words? Yeah, uh, yeah. and more by way of summary, because there's a lot to digest here. And uh, the, the way you want to think about AdWords is in kind of four lines of thought. The first one is on the campaign level where Tammy had, had flagged um, a few settings to be careful of. So the campaign level is kind of the, the starting point. You want to make sure things are targeted. You want to make sure your tracking is properly in place so you're getting good information. You want to make sure that your ads are rotating uh, effectively so you can do actual split testing. On the ad group level, you want to make sure that you've got tight keyword groupings that are extremely relevant to that specific person who has a specific need and is searching a specific thing, whatever that is. The more specific, the better, because that is the path to um, lower costs and higher results. Ads, it's really about testing, ultimately testing ad copy, and you've got a, a wealth of information available to you. So it ads, it's really about testing. Landing pages is really looking at really looking at the, the lessons of history on how to structure things. There's a lot of excellent resources on, on direct response advertising that have direct application to landing pages and not getting caught up in trying to be too fancy or worry too much about dancing hamsters and making things clear, concise, readable, and relevant. That's it, and that will make you more money. Good summary, my friend. So, folks, what we're going to do is uh, I know we want to be respectful of uh, your clocks, and so we will hang around for a few minutes informally and uh, answer any questions that you might have. It, to do that, you just have to press star six on your phone, star six on your phone, and then speak, and uh, you'll become part of the conference call. But for those that are leaving, um, thank you for your patience, and we sincerely hope that you've learned something taking some thought starters away to help you make more uh, enrollment revenue. So this is the formal end of the call, and uh, we'll hang out for any informal questions. Thanks, everyone. Hello. Hi. 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 I would just like to find – I came in – unfortunately, I came in the first – missed the first 10 minutes, and we do not currently have a Google Ad campaign, and I'm new to this. I work for a small um, private uh, school, and they want me to investigate the possibilities of running one, and so I'm starting from scratch because I know nothing about it. And anyways, I'd like to be able to get a copy of the recording of our webinar. Is that possible? I'll speak to that. Uh, no. <laughs> what we will do, what we'll do for you, though, in in exchange, is uh, in place of that, is we'll set up some time, and we'll uh, take you through the basics in a personalized one-on-one -on -one session, which that is would be even yeah. awesome. So what's your name, ma'am? Susie Hackman. Okay, Susie. So you'll get a call from uh, Paul Bertarelli, and okay. uh, he'll make arrangements. Super. Thank you very much. Because I was scrib madly scribbling away everything, and it's a lot to take in. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, uh, any you. other, you're welcome. Any other calls? Hello? Hi. Hi. This is Bob Bass. How you guys doing? Oh, hey, Bob. Hi. Uh, my question is this: I mean, I, with the with the program that we're running with our AdWord campaign with you guys, with our conversion that we've got that I always speak so highly of to Tammy, um, any comparisons? I mean, any other uh, statistics that you've got from other companies just to make sure that we are doing as well as I think we are from from lead to start from our in our program? Oh, good, great! Can I jump in on that one? Yeah, you're talking about bottom up, line. How many of these these ads? Uh, how many of these leads are going to convert to an enrollment? Right. So right. Well, I, I my 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 metrics are all the way to start, which I have a, I think a very good ratio. And I'm just wondering if anybody else out there shares at least what I've got versus maybe if they're greater than I have to look at the campaign more. 
Yeah, well, do you mind sharing your, your results? You don't have to. Yeah, well, our campaign with you guys, with our, with, our, with, our, with our AdWord campaign we have, we have a conversion from lead all the way to start. It's just now gone over 8%. Great. So that's, that's anyone, anybody want to weigh in with the comparison? No. It's good. Eight percent's good, Bob. It, it is. We we what we find is like with internet leads, there's the challenge of contact. Like there's a lot of it's they're, they're less good than people phoning, and so. Um, we know that website-generated leads tend to convert slightly higher, maybe a percentage or two higher. AdWords is the next highest quality lead um, in the mix, and then followed by a distant third would be anything you buy from third parties, like well, well below it. Mm-hmm. Um, if anything over 6% would be strong, 8 like the, the maybe best we've heard is maybe 10 11%. But that also could be a niche program in, in a less competitive market that you're in than that you're in. And right. so, you know, so eight percent is good if you look at it at a cost per start basis. You know, um, uh, I think it's under. I don't, I don't want to say. I don't want to give away your intel, but it's you know very reasonable well, I think cost to cost generate per, enrollment. I think our cost per start is terrific. Yeah, I mean so, it, it's way uh, it's way under a thousand dollars. I mean it's 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 really really good. But mm-hmm. and, and I actually have in, in, in the different markets that we're located, I, I have some conversion. Some some of my good news. Is, I mean I have some conversion that's like thirteen percent. But in one of my markets it's like two percent. So, but as a whole, where we are over eight percent now. Yeah. But. Uh, well, well, you know, separately we can talk about there's other things like automatic call technology or just making sure that you guys are, or if this applies to everybody, making sure you're handling phone calls properly. Like we, we find that there's more phone calls being generated now off AdWords campaigns, which on the surface seems great but can pose problems if, there's, if schools fail to implement on handling calls properly, which mm-hmm. is going to affect the results you get. Um, uh, Greg, you were just talking with a, a, a vendor friend of ours about a call connect technology, and he was claiming what was his contact rate? He was claiming eighty percent. Yeah. Wow. Now that should be something we should look at with Bob because this is something that we just learned yesterday. Yeah. Mm. So yeah. He's, basically, he has a system that automatically connects. So when he, somebody fills out the form, it automatically generates a call to the campus. Uh, the reps can press, you know, it goes to a rep, rep gets a little whisper saying, hey, you got a new lead, you want to phone them? You press what, and then it does an automatic connect with that person. And he's got wow. there's some other features in it. But he's claiming, yeah, up to an 80% contact rate, which would be well, well above the, the 50% we consider good. So, right. you know, you can do the math on it. You, you connect with more people, you're going to get more tours, more people are going to show up, you're going to do more interviews, and you're going to enroll more students. Of course. Well, yeah, I'd like to talk to you guys about that in the future. Here. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, okay. I'll send you some info on it. Okay, and I don't want to take this whole call. I mean, I hope there's other people out there that have questions, too, but thank you for this. It was pretty very enlightening. Okay. Yeah, now, you know, now you know what we do for you. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> nice. Any other uh, questions? Hi, no, I, I have think... a question. This is Kelsey with um, Integrative Nutrition. And Hi. I have a question about going back to mobile conversions um, and really about just how many – have you guys started to see any helpful tools from Google on estimating the number of people that are using multiple devices and a good way to track that? And is that like you mean multiple devices in that they start, they come in as mobile, but then maybe they go as desktop and sort of tracking the funnel? Is that what you mean? Yes, exactly. Mm. I would probably, um, from a, an individual user, I, I wouldn't have an answer at the top of my head, but I would bet analytics would probably be the better um, platform. Um, 
I could look at that, though, and maybe get some feedback to you if you wanted. Yeah, we we saw that... Um, it's, I know it's something that, like, they're starting to focus on in their mobile research that people might start on mobile and what is the value of mobile. Um, mm. You know, and when you look at 15 to 20% of your traffic coming from mobile, are they staying on mobile or are they switching, I guess, is our question, and how do we attribute that? That's a great question. Now, if someone's logged into their Google Gmail account on their phone and on their computer, yeah, it's a tricky one because essentially they're like different computers. So actually tracking them individually, the only the only thing I could think of is if they come in as mobile and they become a lead, and then they come in as desktop and then they become a lead. There's platforms like that that can track them in an analytics sort of perspective. Um, yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I wouldn't mind just checking that out because it's certainly what we are noticing too is 80% probably above average or across the board, 80% will come and they'll come to a landing page and they'll convert. There's a 20% of those users who actually take up to two weeks to maybe decide, you know, be, between, you know, three and 12 days as an example. And those people, you know, they've clicked, they've gone to your landing page, but then they've decided, you know, they're going to go back and then they're going to check out your landing page. So there's certainly, we've noticed, you know, there's more than one touch point for some people to acquire. And then, of course, you're going to have people who go to your landing page, maybe they don't convert, but it's going to influence them seeking you out directly on your website, which is we have often see a parallel between paid search advertising and an increase in your direct traffic to your organic site. You know, so there's, you know, managing and, and sort of tracking all those data points. It's, I know that analytics has some funnels and some plugins, you know, like from social and all that sort of thing, but I'm not 100% sure along across device um, what the data tracking would be. But I will have a look, though, for sure. Do okay. We, um, do, you, do we have a contact for... Do we have a contact with Okay, has contact with us, yeah. Okay, great. So I can just get your email and um I'll probably I'll have a look at that in the next couple of days and I'll shoot you an email. Okay, thank you. Actually even better, Kelsey, why don't we just uh Tammy invented your paid search account four years ago, um and built it out to like a hundred and huge buy every month. Why don't we get you on the phone with with Tammy um and do a little just a little review for fun. If you want. Okay, I can. I'll touch base with Joshua and let you know what we want to do. Okay. Sure. Okay. Kelsey, Thank you, a, Kelsey, just a quick word. I don't believe we have your contact information. We have everyone else's, including Mr. Iacona. So if you could let us have that, uh, you can email it to paul at enrollmentresources.com if you like. Okay, I'll do that. Thank you. Thanks. You bet. Hey, thank Any, you. Good question. Any more questions? Sorry, Shane, I interrupted. Well, I was just going to say, earlier we mentioned, you know, we, we don't always have answers, but part the questions often the most important thing to drive innovation. So it's yeah. good. Thank you. You've added another question that we can try to get an answer to and learn something. Yeah, totally cool. Any, uh, I think that's it, guys. I don't think we have any more questions. Great. Well, well thanks, everybody. Well done, Tammy. Well done, Shane. Well done, Shane.